This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. All right, welcome to hour number two of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Paul Volpe, believe uh, that guy's a, a conquistador, so he will likely be present uh, when uh, the Kolgar Classic takes place this week. I know that uh, it's going to potentially snow tonight. Did I did I hear that correctly? That it's gonna it's certainly gonna rain and it's overcast right now. But uh, I've been uh, hearing rumblings that uh, it's it's probably gonna snow at some point tonight, which I'm not excited about. And you know what's funny is I actually ran into uh, to Rob outside in the parking lot, and uh, Rob was like, "Man, I'm I'm from Minnesota." Or, or no, Montana. He's like, I'm from Montana, and I hate the snow. I don't want to see the snow anymore. And I, t- I told Rob, I'm like, Rob, I'm from Tucson, and I don't want to see the snow. Like, I hate the snow so much. I've seen snow probably like four or five times in my life. Like, I've actually touched snow. Uh, and, and I do not like it whatsoever. So I'm glad, I'm very thankful that I get to live in a place like Arizona where uh, snow is very hard to come by. So I'm not looking forward to tonight and what it's going to bring. Now, with that being said, the snow will not affect anything that's going down with the Kologar Classic. As a matter of fact, Spears and Ali, we will be doing our live broadcast on Thursday and Friday. And we'll be at the 19th hole. We'll talk to members of the Conquistadors, guys who are putting together the Kologar Classic and who knows, we might even be able to talk to some of the players. Very hopeful that uh, John Daly can come on the show so I can ask him about his Uber Eats order because I have so many questions about why a man would order over $400 worth of Taco Bell on Uber Eats. It's amazing, but only John Daly can pull that off. Really, only he can. Um, but... Yeah, we'll we'll be out there during uh, our shows on Thursday and Friday, so uh, I'm very excited about that. And it's our our last afternoon shows before we go to the mornings, because starting on Monday, March 6th, this upcoming Monday, <laughs> Spears and Ali is going to the mornings. We will be doing our shows from 7 to 9 a.m., which I'm very excited about. And then you know, just a, a couple of days after starting in the mornings. Spears and Ali is going to be doing our show remotely from Las Vegas. I'm going to be out there. Ali will also be out there. And the shows on Thursday and Friday, we will be in Las Vegas. So because, of of course, the Pac-12 tournament going down there. So, dude, I'm very excited, man. I'm very excited about the move to the mornings. I'm very excited about the Pac-12 tournament next week. Of course, I'm very stoked about the Kolagar Classic this week. And I'm honestly, it's very fitting that our last afternoon show is on the 19th hole on that Friday at the Kolgar Classic because it is an absolute party afterwards. So we get to do our last afternoon show and then enjoy that. Very excited about that. But um, anyways, I think uh, let, let's go ahead and move into what's going on in the NBA. Uh, we, we talked enough about what's going down with Spears and Ali. 
mornings is going to be a big transition. It's going to be a big transition for all of us. My body is making a, a, a big transition. Dude, it is really hard waking up at 4.30 in the morning. I, Are I'm, you already doing that? <laughs> Dude, yes. I'm just taking it back hour by hour. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I can't do cold turkey. Yeah, I'm doing cold turkey, and I'm – yeah, I'm learning the hard way. Very much so. But anyways, uh, now moving on to what's going on in the NBA tonight. Uh, if you want to discuss NBA with us here on Spears and Ali – 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. But the Phoenix Suns are going to be officially adding Kevin Durant to the mix tonight. KD making his Phoenix Suns debut since being traded by the Brooklyn Nets. KD will be officially a Phoenix Sun tonight. And, you know, as a basketball fan, uh, I'm just excited to see the, the possibilities of this team and, and what they can do. Uh, because Kevin Durant is such a versatile player that you can put him in the mix with what they have. It's the perfect setup for Kevin Durant because you have Devin Booker, this budding superstar guard, right? We all know that Devin Booker is a, a, a bona fide all-star. Right, he is a, a, a guy who's going to go out and get you anywhere from 25 to 30 points per game, and you have Chris Paul that even though he's 38 years old, hey, he's still going out and, and giving you uh, what was it 14 to 19 assists or something like that. So he's he's still putting up crazy numbers when it comes to assists. And DeAndre Ayton is a guy that's a double double. He will go out and get you anywhere from. 14 to 16 points and 10 to 12 rebounds. That's what you can expect out of Mr. DeAndre Aiden. And then you throw in a guy like Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, I mean, even at 38 years old, even at the with with all the injuries that he's had to endure over the last uh, couple of seasons, I mean, this year, in the games that he's played for the Brooklyn Nets, and this year he's played 39 games. In 39 games this year, Kevin Durant has put up an average of 29.7 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. You add that guy into the mix with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton, and I think it can all. You don't even need to worry about that fifth starter. Just that four right there, I think, is a very solid core, and I think Phoenix Suns fans should be very excited. Now they've they've had some memorable. Suns debuts in the past, right? Uh, Jason Kidd, after being traded by the Dallas Mavericks in 1996, he had a very memorable uh, debut. Of course, we all remember uh, Shaquille O'Neal in 2008. Uh, Kevin Johnson, when he was traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the day. And KJ, as we all know, is one of the greatest Suns of all time. So midseason trades have happened for the Phoenix Suns. But to me, there is no bigger anticipated debut than what we're about to see tonight when the Phoenix Suns take on the Charlotte Hornets. Seeing Kevin Durant, a a superstar like that, a two-time champion, a league MVP, to be in the mix and uplift a core that is so hungry for a championship. Chris Paul needs that chip before he retires. He's been chasing it for a long time, and he's failed many, many times. This right here opens up the door for a guy like Chris Paul 
to win a championship. Now, with that being said, who's going to play defense? I mean, Kevin Durant's a solid defender, but, I mean, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, those were valuable players that you could u- utilize as defenders, I mean, especially Mikael Bridges. His availability, his defense, that was a big asset for this Phoenix Suns team. So losing that uh, is certainly detrimental, but in the end, you get a guy like Kevin Durant who really puts you at that level of winning an NBA championship. All right, what do you make of Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns? Call into the show at 719-1490-719-1490. Let's go to headline or excuse me, phone line number 1. Lance joining us here. What's up Lance? What do you got for us? Um, man, I wanted to be headline number 1. That was exciting. You're always headline number 1, Lance. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'll, I'll ask my uh, KD question in one second. I just have a, another question for you and Ali. Um, I, whose idea exactly was it to move you guys to the morning? Was it one of you guys or was it above you guys? Because so, I really don't understand that. Yeah, so so basically um, what it all comes down to is, you know, with the, with the change of, of leadership at the Arizona Daily Star. Uh, my colleague, Michael Lev, has now taken on an interim sports editor role. And so with that being said, I'm now the new football beat writer for the Arizona Daily Star. Or at least I'm taking on the spring football coverage. And so yeah. practices start in the afternoons. And so it's going to be really tough to have Ali come in every single day and do the show. And, you know, with, God, with, yeah. with practices right. starting at – four o'clock five o'clock like it's going to be really hard to do my job at the arizona daily star and do this and you know if i become the football beat writer you know full time uh then eventually i'm gonna to have to be able to do the shows in the morning so i'd much rather get ahead of the curve now and and start doing our shows in the morning it's going to be a, a, right, weird, tra- right. a weird transition but i'm excited yeah. for it uh, i guess that makes sense i'm just a little concerned i mean you're you're pretty popular uh in tucson here everyone loves you just historically, the morning local sports shows haven't done very well here, um, mostly because there's a lot of local morning entertainment shows on the radio. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but like I said, you're pretty popular. I hope people are still able to tune in and keep you going. Um, I just, you know, I was just a little concerned about that because we all love you here. Yeah. But, um, no, Lance, my, and my, also, Lance, you know, there's going to be certain situations where Ollie and I will also be on in the afternoon as well. Like if if anything awesome. if anything like breaking happens right if anything that happens with the Arizona Wildcats like we we'll, we will be able to do kind of like an emergency afternoon episode as well so we're very flexible on that. Okay, so. cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, now let's get to my actual Katie question. So uh, I remember uh, you were saying yes, it was either yesterday or the day before um, how few games Katie has actually played over the last few years and you know injury things like that contract negotiations player wrestling you know whatever the case may be um it's great that the suns have got him now and he's definitely going to help them a bunch on offense and really getting them on that roll towards a playoff run but my question is how how far do you think the push can be made with just adding kd to to that lineup you just mentioned and what what if because basketball is is a is a pretty physical game? What if one of those pins, those players, you know, pins happens to get injured and now they're down back to just three? Do you, do you think having KD there just in itself, working with them, even if one of them got injured, would still give them a 
great chance at making a, a good run during the playoffs. Yeah, I think KD is the biggest one. Like, if, if KD can stay healthy, if he's the one that does not, I guess, re- be removed from the lineup, then I think oh. the Phoenix Suns have a fighter's chance. If if KD and Devin Booker, if those guys can can stay healthy, that that's that's big time right there. But man, I don't know what it'd be like if you um, lose a guy like DeAndre Ayton because you're, the next guy you have in line is Jock Landell, and can can you right. trust Jock Landell to do the things that DeAndre Ayton can do? I don't really think so. And then at that point, maybe you really have to go small ball and start, you know putting uh, Kevin Durant more as like a big man. Right. And that would be my only concern because I've, I've seen these, these all-star lineups before and they always, they always work great. Well, I don't want to say always, but usually they work out great unless somebody happens to get hurt in some, you know, freak play or something. And it all seems to kind of fall apart. Not all the time. Sometimes they can recover, but it just, yeah, I've, I've seen weird things happen. So that was just my only question about that. So. Lance, appreciate you as always. Uh, hopefully, we're uh, we're able to uh, get you to follow us in the mornings. But if not, man, we appreciate the support over the last several years. And uh, man, we appreciate you. And download the podcast. I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Lance. Yeah, and, and you know you could download the podcast and you could listen to us shoot before you drive home from three to six. You know you can you have the the abilities to to listen to us uh, whenever you want to. But, yeah, our live show will be on from 7 to 9 a.m. And Lance has been a day one supporter. Uh, we we appreciate him uh, very much. We appreciate all of the the Spears and Ali listeners uh, who have been, you know, tuned in with us. Long before Spears and Ali, I mean, they're just ESPN Tucson lifers. Like, I remember some of these phone callers, they were calling in when I was an intern with, with Zach, Zach Clark. So... It's really cool, man. Uh, we have a tight-knit group here, and uh, we appreciate all of our listeners and supporters. Uh, but anyways, going back to the NBA, uh, man, it's uh, it's crazy uh, what, what's going on. Have you heard about what's what's going on with uh, John Morant? So John Morant is uh, in a little bit of trouble. John Morant, in a story posted by the Washington Post, has been accused of repeatedly punching a teenage boy in the head and threatening him with a gun last summer at a Memphis mall. So the incident, the alleged incident, uh, reportedly came four days after another incident in which uh, Morant allegedly threatened the head of security at a Memphis mall. So um, this this guy is apparently is a, a finish line employee. And Ja Morant's uh, mother had a dispute and called Ja, and apparently Ja and a bunch of his his guys went over to this mall and caused a, a bunch of ruckus, according to this report uh, by the, the Washington Post. Which is so disappointing, dude, because what the hell are you doing? Like, why are, why are you acting like this? Why are, why are you acting like you try to get to this level of being a star NBA basketball player, so you have all this money in the world and you're set for life, your family is set for life, yet you're over here acting like just a complete knucklehead. I mean, you remember that incident with the the Indiana Pacers traveling party where they were uh, apparently flashing a green laser at them and they were kind of fearful for their lives. They knew for a fact that that was a gun. 
those were guys that were hanging out with John Morant. Now you have this report of John Morant acting like this in a Memphis mall. It's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, man. Uh, what, how much drama the Memphis Grizzlies have been for not really doing anything as a franchise. And you see uh, Dylan Brooks showing up to that game yesterday wearing the the leather vest and and the in the jorts. Look, and somebody said he 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 tried to show up looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and it was really uh, Austin three for sixteen, <laughs> which is so great. That part, I bet I I could laugh, but the whole thing with John Morant, I I don't know what his I don't know what his issue is and why he wants to to act like this. It, it really it's just it's uh it's either poser behavior or John Morant has really done a great job of covering up the guy that. He truly, truly wants to be or has been. Um, but, yeah, go check out that story by the Washington Post on John Moran, dude. It's it's some, uh, some pretty bad stuff on his part. All right, coming up next on uh, Spears and Ali, yeah, KD making his son's debut. We'll talk to Jason Timph about that coming up at 440. But, hey, the NFL draft is just coming up here shortly. We have the NFL draft combine this week. We're going to talk to Joe DeLeon from Believe Podcast Network about this whole Jalen Carter story. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears. I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. The NFL Draft Combine going down this week in Indianapolis. And uh, we're going to talk about the NFL Draft with uh, Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft Analyst from the Believe Podcast Network. Joe, thank you for your time today. How's it going, my man? Good, good. I'm excited that the Combine's going to be kicking off really soon. It's, it's like Christmas time for me with, with all the action, and it's a little bit of a, a nice taste before the NFL Draft comes around the corner in the end of April. So the, the crazy story going down at the, uh, the NFL Draft today is What's going on with uh, Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter, who's a guy that you know a lot of people thought would you know potentially go number one overall, but you know Jalen Carter is caught up in in a mess right now. He, uh, he was uh, recently charged with uh, reckless driving and racing after he was found uh, involved or at the scene of that fatal car crash that, that took the life of uh, his teammates and a Georgia football staffer. It's just a a very unfortunate situation, and it looks like it's going to affect his draft status and you know his start as a NFL player. What do you make of this situation, and what's kind of the vibe right now in regards to Jalen Carter at the NFL draft? Yeah, first of all, it's a really complicated situation, and I think that it, the timing of it's just so terrible for Jalen. If that if at the end of this, and he released a statement saying that some of the reporting on it has been accurate. If if that's true. We might not know for certainty until after the draft. So if this does really hurt his draft stock um, as significantly as some people are speculating, it, it might really be messed up because of how things are going to time out with this. But if there is truth to it, I think that the NFL is going to look at some previous examples. And the most recent one, what happened with Henry Ruggs, and I know that Carter wasn't the one driving the vehicle that led to the fatalities, but uh, with, with Henry Ruggs' situation, I can't imagine that NFL teams and how recent that was that they're not going to be really scared off by by something like this. And the decision-making and the involvement of it, of him racing and the alcohol being involved with the crash of 
the individual that did die, his teammate that did die, I, I feel that a lot of NFL teams are going to be really, really worried about the decision-making, the character, and the maturity of an individual like Jalen Carter. And it stinks because he is so talented. He is one of yeah. the most talented players to come out at his position in a very long time and good enough to be selected first overall. But now there's just too many question marks. I think a lot of teams are going to be really careful in this process. I think for as careful as some teams are, they might completely take them off their board. And that might lead to some teams saying, wait and see what happens on day two and day three if he's still available. But if, if he's going to be in an ongoing police investigation, uh, and if, if he doesn't end up getting off, I'm sure teams are still going to be very, very concerned that this might be reoccurring. This might be something that leads to uh, issues down the line in his career if he is still um, not sent to jail for, for what ends up happening. Well, I try to put myself in the position of a guy who's making these choices on draft day uh, for you know these teams. And, you know, Jalen Carter, is, is he worth a pick? Because, you know, you have to worry about his availability. Well, I mean, he could, you know, serve jail time. We don't know, you know, how long he's really going to be, you know, away from football. But, you know, you'd have to imagine that Jalen Carter – will eventually play in the NFL at some point. It's just the only thing it's going to affect is where he goes and how much money he's going to make in the early stages. Yeah, and I, I know for – I feel – actually, I don't know for a fact, but I feel that Jalen will play in the NFL. Yeah. Um, because, again, this isn't as extreme as the Henry Ruggs situation. I just think that with that happening so recently, it's going to really make teams very wary of taking a guy like that. And say if, if he doesn't have to serve any jail time, which would be the best case scenario. I still think his involvement's enough that teams are going to be thinking to themselves is like, is this is this a kid that we're going to have to be worrying about uh, in the middle of week ten that he's getting arrested for doing something stupid? And I really hope that that's not the case. And it, it, he seems like a good kid from some of the other stories that have come up, like where he was paying for the food of his teammates. He seems like a really um, very well-intentioned individual. It's just this mistake might really, really cost him, as you said. I think NFL teams don't want to put that investment in if it means that a, a guy might do something that puts a very negative mark on your, your franchise. And what happened with Henry Ruggs, we, we really hold that to the, the Las Vegas Raiders. It's something that, even though they had no control over it, it keeps getting brought up with the, with the Raiders and their struggles recently uh, in, in connection to, to what happened with Ruggs. Joe DeLeon, NFL draft analyst from Believe Podcast Network, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. All right, Joe. Now let's uh, move along to you know you know some other guys in this year's NFL draft class. Uh, Bryce Young. You know a lot of people talk about his height. Maybe he's a little too fragile. I mean I think he's the best quarterback in this class. Um, if I were to take a quarterback number one overall, it'd certainly be him. What are maybe the pros and the cons of drafting a guy like Bryce Young out of Alabama? Yeah, the concerns for Bryce Young are obviously the size, and I'm curious to see what that exact measurement is going to be for for a Bryce Young. But if we remove the size, which, again, is enough to maybe halt the decision-making of some some teams, he's got everything you want. He's got a pretty good arm. He's a great athlete. But what excites me about him is the reactiveness and the decision-making. He has probably the quickest reaction out of any of the quarterbacks. And it's not like he's making quick decisions and making mistakes. He makes a lot of big plays because – he doesn't hesitate. He stands with a very calm demeanor when he's got pressure bearing down on him. And he operates so well in the pocket and escapes and avoids pressure so well. That's what the modern NFL needs. They need guys that are not easily um, 
uh, rattled when they're facing pressure. So I think that Bryce Young fits perfectly for what a lot of NFL teams need for a guy who can play right away. I just do believe and I understand the size concerns. He's around 185 pounds. It's really way too light, and he needs to bulk up closer to 200, 205 pounds if he wants to have a long-term NFL career and not have to deal with any sustained injuries. Another prospect that a lot of people are interested in watching go to the NFL, especially down here in Tucson, Arizona, is uh, Texas running back Bajon Robinson. And Bajon, not only is he a great running back, but, man, he's an excellent pass catcher as well. And a lot of people are very intrigued by this kind of player. But I've seen him, I've seen Bajon project anywhere from number eight to late first round. We all know it's risky to draft a running back with a high first round pick, but I feel like Bajon certainly is the type of player where you where you risk it on. What have you heard about this guy? What's your evaluation of Bajon Robinson? Yeah, I see it as less risky these days. The drafting drafting running back high is more so knowing and understanding that the long term shelf life is not going to be that of other positions in the NFL. And I think Bijan is perfect for for a team that has a more settled roster situation. For him to uh, end up on a roster that has a lot of needs, that has a lot of holes that they need to resolve, taking a running back isn't going to fix their problems. But I look at as early as 10 with the Philadelphia Eagles, who might be moving on from Miles Sanders, for them to take Bijan and throw him into the mix, they go from having a, the best rushing attack in the NFL to an unstoppable rushing attack. So, I think it's realistic for him to go somewhere in the 10s and the teens. Uh, I think a lot of teams are going to realize, hey, we've got all the pieces that we want to be successful. Let's add a guy that is going to be dominant, can rush for 1,500 yards in his first season, uh, if given the right amount of touches and given the proper touches. Uh, but I definitely do think that the ceiling is pretty high for Bijan Robinson and his impact early on in his career. All right, lastly, Joe, if you had a chance to draft a wide receiver, who's the first wide receiver you were taking off the board in this year's class? Yeah, I look at Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. I think that there's a lot of really great speed and explosiveness in this wide receiver class. Um, You've got so many deep threats, but I think that Jalen Hyatt really impressed me throughout the final stretch of the season. But most importantly, I think this week at the Combine, we're going to see some pretty crazy athletic testing numbers. And if he tests in the four twos uh, and he puts up some really good numbers and looks good in the in the drills, running his routes really cleanly, I, I wouldn't hesitate to take Jalen Hyatt as the first receiver. Now, that might not be until the back end of the first round because I don't think that there is an alpha in this class. I think there's a lot of guys that are secondary, tertiary receivers on a lot of rosters. And you throw Jalen Hyatt into the mix as your second receiver, he becomes a really good secondary option. I kind of look at uh, the case for the Miami Dolphins is a good example where Jalen Waddle on his own was a good, really good receiver, but you put Tyreek Hill into the mix, Tyreek Hill's the number one guy, and then Jalen Waddle gets to play off of him uh, because of that dual-headed attack of having two really good receivers. So Jalen Hyatt, I think, can have that similar level of impact in the NFL. Joe DeLeon, he is an NFL draft analyst from Believe Podcast. He's also host of the First Team TV show on Stadium. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe DeLeon today. Joe, appreciate you and your insight, and have fun out there at the NFL Draft Combine. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, the Lakers are falling apart, and Kevin Durant making his Phoenix Suns debut. We're going to talk about both of those things with Jason Timpf. He's a Tucson native. 
an NBA draft insider. He's he does a great job of breaking down the game. Um, I think uh, him, you know, some other guys right now like uh, JJ Redick, Tim Legler, they're just they're really good for NBA media. But Jason Tim does a great job breaking it down. We're going to talk to him about the NBA coming up next. I watch every NFL draft because maybe I can go in the sixth round. The Pittsburgh Steelers select. Oh, this is out of nowhere, Mel. Ollie Farhang from Tucson, Arizona? That guy's 50. We don't have any film. It could happen. Ta, 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 ta. I'll tell you what, Ollie Farhang, 50 years old. Yeah, he may not be in his best physical shape, but his maturity, his veteran presence, he'll be a good fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mel, Mel, Mel. God, you drive me crazy. Kevin Durant making his Phoenix Suns debut tonight. The Lakers are without Anthony Davis, and the Memphis Grizzlies have a John Morant problem on their hands. Uh, We have lots to discuss when it comes to the NBA, and we're going to talk about it with our good friend uh, Jason Timph from The Volume. Jason, always a pleasure talking basketball with you. Hopefully things are going well with you. And, you know, as as a basketball fan, man, how excited are you to watch Kevin Durant uh, make his new start with the Phoenix Suns as they, you know, make make to make a push for the NBA championship this year. First of all, Justin, thanks for having me on the show, man. Always fun talking basketball with you. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was just looking at their starting lineup that went out, and it looks like, as I had guessed on my show, that they're going with Josh Okoji as that fifth starter. You know, my biggest concern with KD on the Suns as they sent out most of their point-of-attack defense. Uh, Chris Paul, in his prime, was an excellent on-ball defensive player guarding guards, but he's not quite that guy anymore. Devin Booker has turned himself into an average to slightly above-average defender. And then Kevin Durant can be a rim protector, but he's not a great perimeter defender. And DeAndre Ayton is kind of hot and cold. So I was concerned specifically about them kind of prioritizing defense with that fifth uh, starter role. And Josh Okoji makes a ton of sense there. Um, My main uh, predictions for tonight are I think that Kevin Durant's going to kind of go try to not ruffle feathers too much. I think he's going to slide into that Mikhail Bridges role off the ball and not be super, super aggressive, uh, mainly because that's just kind of KD's personality. He wants to fit in. He also has a reputation as being the type of basketball player that fits in everywhere he goes, and I think he cares about that. Um, I think in the long run, it's actually better for him to be on the ball more, but I don't think we'll see too much of that from him tonight. And I think he's going to be lights out defensively. I think he's going to do everything he can to devote energy to protecting the rim, since that's going to be something he has to do at an extremely high level for this team to win a championship. But in short, Justin, I'm extremely excited, man. Dude, it's right around the corner. we got 18 minutes. Yep. Well, and, and if the, the Suns are able to – uh, win a championship this year or next year with Kevin Durant. What makes this championship different with KD as opposed to the two that he won with Golden State? <laughs> well, well, for starters, uh, every single year when Kevin Durant was a member of the Golden State Warriors, the Vegas odds you'd have to you were giving up money to bet on him. Like if you bet you know a hundred dollars to on the Warriors to win a title, you might have won you know. 50 or 60 bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. there's just, there, it was, it was the most surefire um, t- championship favorite that I can remember pretty much since Shaq and Kobe. And there's a bunch of reasons that go into that, but I mean, it was, it was this type of dynamic with all this offensive talent, but they were all just as good on the defensive end of the floor. They were extremely deep. This team has super, super intriguing top end talent 
And offensively, I think they're going to click right away. I don't think it's going to take long for them to hit ridiculous heights on the offensive end of the floor. But, again, they did give up a lot of their wing defense and perimeter defense. Josh Okoji's been really impressive to me there, though, and I think that's a big part of why he ended up winning that spot. Um, But, like, at, at the end of the day, this team is kind of more in the mix. Like, I would say that I'd put Denver, Phoenix, and Golden State in particular all on the same tier as the teams that I think are most likely to win the West. Whereas when KD was with the Warriors, it was you might as well pet, you would bet them over the field if given yeah. the opportunity. Well, yeah, and the reason why I ask is because I, I feel like a lot of people view Kevin Durant kind of going to where you know things are perfectly built for him, and he got I mean you know this he got ridiculed for going to the Golden State Warriors. Where I feel like it's you know playing for the Phoenix Suns, it's not nearly at the same level as playing for Golden State. But I, I still feel like even if KD wins a championship with Phoenix, people are still going to view him as the guy who couldn't truly lead a team to a championship. He had to go where things were right just for him. So part of the issue there, though, Justin, was how easy it looked. Like the 2017 Warriors won every single playoff game until Game 4 of the NBA Finals, and then they finally lost to a hot-shooting Cavs team before they closed them out in five games. Even in 2018, it was like, yeah, the the Rockets kind of scared them a little bit, but I I know myself and most of the basketball community didn't expect them to lose that series, and then they ended up sweeping the Cavs. A lot of it is people want to see you rise up against adversity. That's just what basketball fans like to see, and we've seen that throughout NBA history, like, Steph Curry on the road in Boston down two games to one going for 40 plus and hitting all those crazy shots, having to with his back against the wall, rise to ridiculous heights or, you know, LeBron in 2016, we saw that obviously throughout NBA history. We want to see guys with their back against the wall, have to reach deep and play their absolute best basketball. And to be honest, man, I think if Phoenix wins the title this year, Kevin Durant's going to have to be insanely good. And I think I think there will be more of a struggle. I think they will be in series that are locked two to two going into game five or even trailing in a series. I think it's going to be a lot tougher. And if Kevin Durant hoists that trophy and we believe we and we all as fans believe he earned it through blood, sweat and tears, yeah. then I, I think he's going to uh, receive the appropriate respect. Jason Timp from The Volume joining Spears and Ali on ESPN at Tucson. And, Jason, uh, when uh, the, the Lakers made all those moves at the trade deadline and what they were starting to show afterwards, it got me very excited about the immediate future. You know, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, like all the pieces that they ha- added, man, it was very exciting, and then the injuries started happening. No D'Angelo Russell. Uh, LeBron's out for the next couple of weeks. Anthony Davis is out tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder and I have completely lost hope once again as a Lakers fan. What do you make of their situation? <laughs> and is there any hope whatsoever that the Lakers could find a way to turn things around, or is it time for them to pack it in? I think there's still hope. Obviously, it's less than ideal. The sneaky, super painful injury in all of this is D'Angelo Russell um, because they, they brought in so much talent. The Lakers actually sneaky go like 11 or 12 guys deep now which is definitely not what used to be the case. Uh, But they've lost their two best primary ball handlers in less than a week. And you saw that last night in Memphis when they just could not stop turning the basketball over. Um, They gave up 41 points off of turnovers, in large part because D'Angelo Russell's in street clothes and LeBron James is in street clothes. 
then you have a lot of below-average NBA ball handlers making decisions against the Memphis Grizzlies, who are a very good defensive team, if nothing else. And so it, it's kind of unfortunate. The, the one that really concerns me is Anthony Davis in Oklahoma City tonight, because I know he can play in that game. Yeah. So they're better, they better have just an outrageous amount of confidence in that locker room that they can win to not have Anthony Davis play, because that is a must-win. Because the optimism surrounding the Lakers is they have the fifth easiest remaining schedule um, compared to the rest of the league. And things are extremely jumbled in the Western Conference. The Clippers are free-falling. The Mavericks are free-falling. The Timberwolves got a win last night, but they had been free-falling. The Pelicans have been free-falling. Really, the only team that's playing well in that grouping is the Warriors, who have won three games in a row without Steph or Andrew Wiggins. And so... I still think that even – they're circling Friday for D'Angelo Russell to return. I still think if D'Angelo Russell can come back and provide competent ball handling, and if Anthony Davis can play like the MVP, the two-way monster MVP that he's capable of, that they can float in the standings enough for LeBron to come back and make a little bit of a push here. But the, the concern is, is I think before the LeBron injury, that sixth seed to get out of the play-in seemed achievable. Whereas now with him missing this next couple of weeks, I think it's far more likely that they end up in the seven or eight seed as a play-in team. Jason, we got about a minute left or so, but I want to get your thoughts on uh, Nikola Jokic and uh, stat padding. A lot of people seem to put that <laughs> that label on Nikola Jokic, which I think is honestly blasphemy because you look at Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are the last 28 games are undefeated when he puts up a triple-double. So, I mean, he's doing, I mean, he's putting up a triple double because he's making all the right plays on the basketball court and it's leading to wins for the Denver Nuggets. So, I'm not behind this stat padding narrative, but I wanted to hear your perspective on this. It's really this simple. There's a, kind of a divide in basketball culture. Uh, and, and on NBA Twitter, we jokingly call it the Hoopers versus the, the basketball fans. But the casuals. There is this, the, the segment of Hoopers, so to speak, doesn't seem to like Nikola Jokic because everything he does is super fundamentally sound. There's not a ton of wiggle in his game. He is just a basketball game winning machine. And what's funny is the only thing that I could be critical of in his game is on the defensive end against specific matchups when he gets pulled away from the rim. There's no real legitimate criticism of him on the offensive end of the floor. He's one of he's arguably the very best offensive player in the game. I just think his play style is visually offensive to some people. They see Joel Embiid work at the high post and hitting all these crazy dribble combinations, and they just get drawn in by that. Uh, whereas Jokic is way more subtle, and I, I think I think the world, the basketball world, will come around on Jokic when he starts dominating in the postseason, which absolutely will start happening here in the next few years. Jason Timpf, NBA analyst from The Volume, also host of Hoops Tonight, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Make sure to follow him on Twitter and check out his work at thevolume.com. Jason, always appreciate your insight. Thank you, as always. Thanks, Justin. See you next time, man. See you, Jason. Jason Timpf, man, solid dude. Solid dude. Always appreciate him uh, breaking down the NBA whenever he can. Hey, man, Tucson native. And uh, he's over here doing YouTube shows with Colin Cowherd. So making moves in the media scene, Jason Timp. All right, uh, coming up next on Spears and Ali, man, we are just minutes away from Kevin Durant's debut with the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're also giving away a pair of tickets to go see NASCAR this month. You want to win tickets to go see NASCAR, 
Stay tuned because we are giving them away coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. All right, we're a few moments away from Kevin Durant's Phoenix Suns debut. Suns taking on the Charlotte Hornets coming up at 5 o'clock here on ESPN Tucson. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Mark joining us on line one. Mark, what's going on, my man? Oh, just, you know, I'm always listening, but half the time it's driving home from work, so I don't call, even though I can got hands-free now with this new truck they gave me. But. You 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 ruined his intro music by what was what did he have Ozzy stuff coming on and you did it to Little Wayne or something <laughs> some hip hop stuff you you do that one more time I, I man I I think he he should have reached around and slapped you right then I know Mark. oh my I apologize I tried to Mark I tried to <laughs> I apologize I apologize. <laughs> And, and, I, and, I, and I told Andrew, I'm like, see, this is what's wrong with me. You guys get a chance to look at the the messed up lens that I've used certain things in life. I, 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 I know about Star Wars through Family Guy, and, and I listen to this song, and I think about, yeah, hip-hop instead of the true artist, Ozzy Osbourne. So I do apologize, Mark. Hey, um, but, oh, tonight, yeah, I'm really interested into the game to see about Durant. But uh, tomorrow, isn't, it, isn't the game with the Wildcats? Aren't we at like 9 o'clock? Yeah, it's a late one against the oh, USC. Oh, Chargers. yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be snoring logs by then, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. All right. Before we get to uh, Kevin Durant's debut with the Phoenix Suns, I love Mark. That guy is just the best. And, and yeah, I knew I was probably going to piss off some people when I said that, like, because, I mean, knowing, you know, our audience, they're probably like, really, Justin? <laughs> Little John and the East Side Boys? Rather than Ozzy Osbourne, that's what you think of? And, yeah, it's it's un, it's unfortunate. I mean, of course I know it's Ozzy, but I just can't help but, but get that one song out of my head. All right, now it's time to give away the pair of tickets to NASCAR. If you want to go see NASCAR... The uh, Saturday race at Phoenix Raceway on March 11th. You got to call right now, 719-1490, 719-1490. Caller number four will get a pair of tickets to the United Rentals 200 Xfinity NASCAR Series. And uh, I think this will also get you uh, the two uh, Fan Shield Infield Experience wristbands. So... You get, to, you get the whole treatment out there at Phoenix Raceway. So call right now, 719-1490. Caller number four will get those tickets. And why caller number four? Because there are four left turns in every NASCAR race. <laughs> no sometimes, right. Sometimes there are more. No no right turns. Just all left turns. Just, just four. Four. Left turns, baby. Love it, NASCAR. Uh, no, actually going to NASCAR races... I, I can't watch it on TV. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's fair. Can't can't watch NASCAR on TV. But going to the NASCAR races, man, it's it's a great time. You feel it in your soul. You do. And you have to wear earplugs because what? it it gets loud. It gets so loud. So yeah, going to the race is a total different experience. So 
I highly recommend anyone to call in and get those tickets today. All right, so a couple minutes away from Kevin Durant's debut with the Phoenix Suns. This is exciting. I mean, notable Phoenix Suns debuts include guys like Jason Kidd, Shaquille O'Neal, Kevin Johnson. I'm talking about you know guys making their debuts after getting traded in the middle of the season. Uh, but man, this one is this one's a little different. This is Kevin Durant. This is a guy that can really elevate the Phoenix Suns and put them into championship status. And uh, tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, I'm not expecting a 40, 50-point game from Kevin Durant, but I am expecting impact. I'm expecting the Phoenix Suns just to play some good basketball. I mean, it is the Charlotte Hornets, and, I mean, they are banged up this season. They're just not really a good team. And meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns, they're going to be healthy. They're going to have everyone available. So we'll see how Kevin Durant can do in his first game with the Phoenix Suns. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Spears and Ali. We will be at the Kolagar Classic tomorrow doing our show live from there. But coming up next, we got Suns Hornets.